She just joined the Wicker Park staff about a month ago and um, is doing just an amazing job. And um, we have so few kids. Uh, we had, I think we had six or seven kids the first service. Are there kids here today? I think I. There's one kid here. <laughs> I mean, we, love, we love you. Um, but I just hope that you'll, uh, even though we have few in number, we have a mighty vision of being a church, regardless of how many kids we have. We may have six kids forever, but we want, it, we want those kids to know that they are part of this community, that they are not um, just something that, um, that we put off in the basement, but that they are part of this community. And so we want to have great children's formation for them that's child appropriate, but we also want them to be part of worship. And so you'll see them even on non-all-ages services serving communion and reading scripture. And that's the kind of place we want to be. And who knows, maybe God will flourish our ranks. There are lots of pregnant people here to, right now. Um, and lots and lots of kids and youth who live in these next nexus neighborhoods. And so we're just grateful that Tara is here. But Tara is only one person. She is not um, a Pied Piper. Um, that is our job as a community, to be a place that welcomes kids. So I'm so grateful for you. Did you ever do the triple, double back backflip? You did not. But you were, were you able to do it on the floor? 
Okay, so I'm, I'm grateful there's someone who can do some gymnastics here on our set. <laughs> Um, we've been praying this prayer uh, the past couple weeks in this anxiety sermon series. And this sermon today is a little, our whole service is a little scrappier than usual because we've made it sort of all ages. So trying to use um, things that speak to all ages. But we've been praying this prayer, the serenity prayer. And so we're going to pray it at the beginning uh, as we continue the service uh, together. And um, so we'll pray it line by line in case there are kids here who are still learning to read. Um, so I'll pray it. And you can pray it back. So let us pray. God, grant me the serenity. God, grant me serenity. To accept the things I cannot change. To accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. That's the series we're in right now. That is a great prayer. The first week we talked about how it is God, as Tara said, that grants us the serenity. Um, yes, we have work to do sometimes, but where it flows from is from God. The peace that passes all understanding is another way to talk about serenity. And as we come to experience that, as we come to know that love, that serenity, that peace that passes understanding, um, that knowledge will do two things in us. One, as we talked about last week, if you listen to the sermon, uh, it will help us accept the things that we cannot change. And there are some things in this world that uh, we cannot change or that we seemingly cannot change, so to accept that. And then today we're talking about finding the courage to change the things that we can. Uh, and then next week we'll talk about the wisdom to know the difference. We'll conclude that. And that's hard sometimes to discern, like, what are the things I can change and what are the things I can't change? So more on that next week. But this week, the things we can change um, I was thinking about that lion and what petrified him and what made him feel locked down and unable to be himself fully. And I was thinking about um, this movie that um, I'm sure you know about. Have you heard of it? It's called Frozen. Um, and you know that song from Frozen? Let it go, right? And maybe you're tired of the song by now. Um, my niece and nephew taught it to me. Um, but just that experience when she sings a song of letting go of all the expectations that were on her, um, this little, this, this young woman, and the freedom that came when she was able to let go of the expectations of others, to let go of some of the fear, and to step out, and you know all the chorus and the, uh, all the different verses, right? All the things, you know, flying, what are the, some of the words? Uh, rising with the dawn, and all these things is sort of, Yes, you know, like this, <laughs> full of courage, right? That's what happens when you come to experience uh, God's love for you, uh, for you, Vic, for you, Lindsay, that you, all you are called to be is you in Christ. All you are called to be is yourself. And when you kind of accept that gift, which is the gift that God's been trying to give you from the beginning, uh, amazing things will happen. Freedom will come and you'll be like, let it go, I'm gonna be myself, amen? I'm going to do this. Now, sometimes we have to be a little careful, I think, with that phrase, let it go. Because spiritually speaking, at least as those of us who follow God and Jesus Christ, letting it go does not mean letting go of our responsibility to make the world a better place, to participate in the, the incarnation of the kingdom of God here. Letting it go doesn't mean letting go of what God is calling us to do. So yes, 
Vic is called to be, all he can be is Vic in Christ, right? And from that place, Vic and me and Lindsay and all of y'all are called uh, to be responsible uh, for the love that God has given you, to be responsible uh, and, and to, to live that out. Um, there was this guy about 1,500 years ago. His name was John Cashin. He was this guy who was really interested in helping the, um, the church of his day learn to pray. And he uh, wrote a lot about prayer, a lot of, about contemplative prayer, beautiful stuff. But one of the things he noticed, one of the results of prayer is supposed to be this deep sense of assurance, this deep sense of peace, this deep sense of I am okay. In Christ, I am, I am myself, I am good, God is in me. And there's a sense of like, yes, and from that place, right, we can do all these amazing things. And we have that security, that assurance. But Cashin noticed that some folks were using that security in a really irresponsible way. They were, they were saying, oh, I have peace, I have assurance. And they would, sort of, um, they would sort of get into this peace, which stayed very me-focused. So it was like, oh, I know I'm okay. I'm feeling warm and fuzzy inside. I really don't have any responsibility for the world. I don't have to do anything. All I have to stay, all I have to do is sort of stay in my little warm, fuzzy cocoon with God all the time. Cashin said that peace is actually not from God. If it is a peace that keeps you only like this, only concerned about your own feelings and your own self and your own interests, that that is not actually a peace from God. That's a peace, he called it a, uh, a dangerous peace or a lethal peace. Uh, if you like Latin words, like uh, it's, he called it uh, Pax Perniciosa, which is this dangerous peace. This peace, and it feels quite similar to assurance, but it's, 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 it, feels, it feels good, but it's like letting that kind of sense of assurance just keep you sort of locked up and, and not actually concerned with other people besides yourself, right? Um, so it's not just let it go, I can do whatever. Uh, it's it's uh, let go of these fears so that I can participate more fully in the world. Um, Jesus says, uh, if you have a dangerous peace, uh, if you have a dangerous peace, just think about that. If you have that Pax Perniciosa, maybe you've experienced this. You're like, I'm okay. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to worry. I don't know. I'm okay with God, so I don't have to worry about the kids who are swimming and drowning, trying to find refuge in another country. I don't have to worry about that because I'm okay with God. I don't have to worry about the kids who will go to a school tomorrow that is deeply underfunded uh, and, and not safe. I don't have to worry about that because, oh, I'm, I'm fine with God. I've got the peace. Uh, I don't have to worry about the kids who uh, are going to be bullied on the playground tomorrow or on the way to school because of who they are, who they're not. I don't have to worry about that because, oh, I've got the peace of, is it not the peace of Christ? It's not the peace of Christ. Uh, I don't have to worry about the kid who uh, is being run over by, uh, by this and that and this and that, right? Because I've got the peace. Jesus would say, oh, that's a that's actually a, a peace from someone besides me. Uh, that's not my peace. Jesus is saying, and this is, uh, this is so important, Jesus is saying, there are those who will be, um, there are those who will not be loved, if not by you. There are those children and adults who will not be heard or healed or helped if not by you. 
There are, are folks who will not be seen or regarded or touched or known, whose names will not be known, if not by you. If you do not summon the courage to live out your responsibility as a child of God, there are folks who will not be seen, heard, held, loved, teach, taught. There will be systems that will not be challenged. Amen? If not by you. Don't succumb to the lethal peace. Don't succumb to the, the false peace. That's the, that's the peace from the false spirit. Say, oh, don't worry about it. It's all going to be okay. Those kids will be okay. You don't have to worry about it. Live from the, the peace of Christ. Pax Christi, um, that is the gift of God. And then, um, then uh, you will always be ready if you live from that peace. If you know yourself to be a loved child of God, if you know that peace of Christ in your heart, in your being, in your neurons, in your being, you will always be ready to spring into action when the call comes. You know what I'm saying? If you're walking down the road and you're unassured of yourself, if you don't know the love of God, when action comes, you may ignore it, or you may jump into it with a violence and ferocity that is not healthy or good or helpful to the cause. But when you know yourself to be loved by God no matter what, then you will always, be, the, the proverb says, always walking down that road, not veering left or right. You will always have your eyes fixed on the prize. You will always have your eyes fixed on the thing. And so when the call comes, you will be able to spring into action from that place of love. You'll always be ready. Here I am walking down. I'm good with God. I'm, I'm loved by God. I know I'm loved. I love. And the call comes, and I spring into action from the place of love, from the place of deep peace. I, uh, one of my friends is a camp, was a camp counselor when he was in college, and he tells the story of, um, I guess this happens at camps. Sometimes, I don't know if y'all heard this, some parents don't do a great job. Um, <laughs> and not because they're bad people, just because they got stuff going on sometimes, or sometimes you just, you know, sometimes parents aren't great. And this one kid showed up to camp, it was like an older elementary kid's age camp, uh, my friend tells the story of when he was this camp counselor, and the kids, all the bus drops them all off, and they all get assigned to their cabins, and they're wheeling their stuff in. And one kid shows up at camp and just doesn't have, doesn't have what he needs. Like his parents, you know, when you're in fourth grade, your parents help you pack your bag? No one had helped him pack his bag. And so he arrived at camp with like a toothbrush and a pillow, and that was it. Now the camp counselors, thanks be to God, this does happen apparently. And so they, they call the parents, they go to Target, they do all this stuff so the kid can have a good experience at camp. But while that was going on that first afternoon, the kid was in the cabin with all the other kids. And the, my friend, the counselor, went in and said he was just anxious because, now I don't know if you know this, but kids can be mean sometimes. Uh, and so he was worried that the other kids in the cabin would you know, make fun of this kid for not having what he needed, not having the right clothes, not having any clothes. He was just worried, so he's going to check on them. And he walks in, and they're all sitting around, sort of watches from the door. And uh, they're not making fun of this kid. One kid, as they sit around their bunks, it's known that this kid doesn't have his stuff, because there's nothing on his bed. And one, one kid opens his suitcase and is like, well, you can borrow one of my t-shirts for the week. You can borrow a pair of my shorts for the week. 
walks it over to his bunk. And then one by one, each, all the other kids in the cabin are like, well, I've got an extra swimsuit. So by the end of a few minutes, all this stuff is packed on this bed for this kid. And he has straight week at camp. Because those kids knew that they might not know it like I do, or maybe they do like you do. They knew that there was someone who wouldn't be loved if not by them. Um, and they sprung into action. Um, we don't want to be naive, right? We know that there are some things that aren't as easy as a camp cabin. I mean, would that the world's problems could be solved by me uh, taking a swimsuit to, to a friend, right? There are horrible things and hard things and multivalent naughty things, right? We've been talking about things, we talk about those things. Racism, white supremacy, sexism, uh, all the things, right? In so many things, right? There's a world of powers and principalities out there. All the things, and you think, how, how are we gonna face this? How, I mean, I have some courage from God, but I don't know how I'm gonna have the courage to face racism, sexism, whatever it is for you, for all of us, it's all those things for all of us. You don't get to pick, unfortunately. Um, what am I gonna do? How are we gonna face that? And I just think, um, uh, I was thinking about this week in this quote from James Baldwin, who's a favorite writer of mine. He says, I have this quote up here, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it's faced. Not everything that is faced can be changed. You may walk into it, into the stuff, and be like, I will not solve this by myself. Even with us as a church, we will not solve this by ourselves. Even as a community of community renewal society, 80 churches, we will not solve racism. But this stuff will not be changed until we start to face it, right? And so that is the call. And more on that next week as we talk about how do you know the difference between these two things? But the peace that passes all understanding is being poured out into your hearts through the love of God in Christ Jesus means for you and for me to summon the courage to face it. Not just individually, but together. Right? So we're gonna, we're gonna have communion. And as you come down for communion, receive the, the bread and the cup as fuel for your own courage as fuel, uh, as God's signal to you to let it go and be yourself in Christ, but not to let go the needs and concerns of this broken and beautiful world. And as you come to light a candle, every week some of you light candles. Today I invite you all to light a candle. And maybe every week as you come, I mean, people light candles for different things, but today they light a candle and think, God, I am in. I am in. I don't know how, but I'm going to accept your courage in me to begin to face some of these things with my brothers and sisters. So may it be so with us. Amen.